0: Well, welcome to Awake with Javon. My name is Javon, and I have the pleasure of having Daniel Holman uh, with Awakened Visions, Awaken And that is Awaken Visions Plural, right? There's two visions. Yeah, right.
1: Yeah, so, A-W-A-K-E-N, Visions. Visions.com.
0: Okay. And I first met uh, Daniel actually because I, I liked his image. And I it's the image that starts the show of uh, the the Earth and and all these energetic webs at least looks like going all around it and I had a different one at first and I I reached out to you and I said hey can I use your can I use your image because it, it's beautiful and uh, and you said sure <laughs> <laughs> and then they I said well you want me to pay for it or what you're like nah it's okay and I'm like okay well
1: well I don't do that with everyone I should say like okay <laughs> because you're aligned so much with what I'm about. Uh, that's that was why i said yes
0: that was very gracious of you so anyway i uh just for the sake of everybody we i did pay for the image and uh everybody should pay for these beautiful images too and today uh daniel as i have got just researched and and uh found out more about him he uh he is aligned with a system called gene keys that is a, a beautiful technology a beautiful inspiration and spiritual download from <laughs> From a man named Richard Rudd, uh, and we have uh, Daniel as a Gene Key ambassador, and that means that he's he helps people run through these uh, this process of of discovering our shadows that that hinder uh, our our gifting as a human and embodying the divinity. And so that's what this guy's been up to: embodying divinity. This, that, you like that Is that a good synopsis of your life, embodying divinity?
1: Well, I don't know I, I'm, I'm working at it like a lot of people. I don't <laughs> yeah. know if it's a full embodiment, but that's the idea is to bring that forth more and more yeah as we, as we go along yeah.
0: well that's that's wonderful. So tell me if you would uh, this is, the point of the show is is to to awake, and I love that your website is Awaken Visions. And you're on awake with Javon, and that's what we're looking for. Is what what is it to be awake? It sounds great, and not only what is it, but but how do we get there? Um, and even before you answer that, I, I I would love to know your your particular experiences because uh, you you're in your community as a spiritual leader, uh, like you've described yourself, like as a chaplain to help people with some peace and some guidance, spiritual guidance when they need it. Uh, how did you get to that that place you you had some incredible experiences right they kind of came out of nowhere
1: yeah and i don't even so much look at as that the experience the experiences that i've had in my past have sort of uh uh, prompted me or or uh, brought about my role i more look at it from the human design and gene keys perspective which is that that role is encoded in my dna and brought up in a world that does not recognize necessarily each individual's uniqueness nor in my case my uniqueness much at all but brought up in this homogenized cookie cutter type of a reality like i was brought up in a catholic school you know singing all their crazy songs and doing that whole thing and and anyway you know we get conditioned into being certain ways and I might have been conditioned to be I don't know a a lawyer or a doctor or some sort of a thing I don't know but but I I, um, pretty early on had a taste of some really beautiful, beautiful uh, psychedelics when I was young back in 1967, 68, 69. The LSD back then was very awesome and I can tell you the whole story maybe later on in this talk of how, how that first started, but I was very young and very impressionable and basically just gave me a taste. In fact, I use that term, a taste of divinity, just a little taste kind of looking behind the veil, behind the curtain to see like what what's actually going on with consciousness and what I am and, uh, but that, I, like I started out saying, it's not so much the experiences that brought it about, it's the experiences that kind of facilitate bringing forth what's already there in a person to bring forth what their nature is, what their purpose, what their role in the bigger picture.
0: So, do we all have that? Is. We all have that particular role, that particular programming that's already there.
1: Oh, absolutely. You can see it in my chart. For one thing, I'm a projector and projectors are designed to make really good guides for people Mm. and then there's other things in my chart you can look at where i'm all about awakening and ascension you know gene keys 51 and 54. um i also have 57 53 that's my what's called the incarnation cross which is basically your primary gifts hybrid uh hybridized into what your role as your purpose your higher purpose
0: So tell me cuz a lot of people don't know what human design is or gene keys and you're referring to charts um, how how does that work and uh it has to do with your birth date and time right and then it just gives you a bunch of charts and what is that and how does that work
1: Well it's similar to astrology and you could can think of astrology and the i ching and various things like that being transmissions from expanded consciousness in some way down into this dimension where what we think of as maya in the eastern tradition called uh you know the great the grand illusion or just what people are living their day-to-day lives thinking that they are separate and playing their little roles in the society and this and that um as opposed to being Awake and alive in their, uh, and clear about who they are and what they and their can their relationship and their connection to the whole. So, I don't know. Did that answer your question? I think so. So a lot here's a lot of. Uh, oh no, wait a minute. Let me let me just tie that back in. To it's it's a system of transformation or a system of getting clear, they're both systems. Human design is like an updated transmission, like astrology or any of these other types of things that have come through and um, uh, aid people in getting clarity on who they are and what they're doing, what their purpose is, how they're functioning in the world and all these types of questions that people get confused by in Maya, in in, in life, and uh these systems every now and then well they're continually being updated and then every once in a while there's a big kind of download or a big a big transmission that comes through like happened in 1987 with uh human design and it basically the transmission took the an update of the I Ching which has been a wisdom system forever defining the 64 archetypes of consciousness or of humanity and it overlaid that a uh, wheel in a certain way of the 64 archetypes over the 12 archetypes of the zodiac so that any given sign say of like libra would have five different or five and a half different I Ching archetypes or numbers they're called uh, keys because they unlock what's possible in us those qualities that are possible in in Gene Keys, and they're called Gates in Human Design. And Gene Keys is just a refinement and a simplification and a focusing on what's the most important um, aspects of human design. It's kind of a branch off of it, that took something that was kind of complicated and and, um, sometimes a little bit daunting and sometimes a little bit misleading in certain ways although it mm-hmm. contains many gems and a lot of amazing um insights right and I, it, I, it, it kind of refined that into a system of transformation it's more succinct and more effective
0: right that's good i so i i'm certainly not an expert at uh at either system but i looked into them and had my charts and and uh Tell me if this is, is accurate, because if anybody's interested on um, what, what they should or how, not only what they should do, but how, how they should do it and how they should engage in the world with their interests, um, I found both really, really helpful. And the human design, it seemed more like how, how to engage the humanness, like how to make my human programming that I already have. Work better, uh, as in in the game in the Maya, like like you were saying, uh, in this human game. And then Gene Keys seems to be subtle points that's leading you towards what Gene Keys calls is is the city, right? It's it's the awakening. It's it's the subtle. Like every single thing seems to lead to the freedom and the escape altogether of the game. Um, and it doesn't seem like that that opening towards uh, classical enlightenment or awakening or whatever you want to call it is is there as much in the human human design? H- have you have you found that uh, true? Or is that something that you've
1: ultimately able to bring them into an exalted state of their uniqueness mm-hmm. and not having that spectrum of consciousness. They can have it described to them, like, okay, this jinky acts this certain way, where they're like selfish and this and that, right? Uh huh. And so they go around proudly being selfish and owning it and being an assholes, like I'm proud to be an asshole. That's right. At least that's what I'm finding. That's right. Instead of having this, that spectrum of consciousness, which leads thing. them out of that into uh-huh. a more heart-based, um, focusing on how one can give one's gifts and gives oneself in a, in a healthy way, yeah, in an empowered way to others and to life, as opposed to being more self-centered uh, and all about me type of a reality.
0: Yeah. So what is it, what is it to be a gene key ambassador? Cause that's, that's one of the things that
1: well, I just means you've done the, the golden path, which is a process, which we can talk about if you want. It's, uh, it's, it, it walks you through the chart basically over many months period. It's a long-term process to go over each sphere and the numbers in it and the lines between them and it just dissects it all, explaining what everything is and then you do your own numbers that are on the chart. Mm-hmm. you know you look it up in the book and you do other things watching videos and audios and this and that and go through this process that's very experiential. It's not a head trip, it's not just a mental exercise, but it's experiential to take one down into the depths of one's shadow and look at different things with these, kind of putting on new glasses, and then living and noticing one's experience with those new glasses on over time, Mm -hmm. which is one of the reasons why it takes some time, because it's transformation, it's not just Mentally shifting one's ideas about now, one sees things, it's actually changing one's frequency up to a higher frequency from what is kind of resident, uh, it's um, you know, normal place to a much higher stabilized. They call it core stability, is the term Mm -hmm. in one's purpose and when one what one is doing here in this life and having a certain clarity and certainty around that. And stability develops over time doing this golden path. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then you do, to get back to the original question, doing that golden path, then on top of that, you do the uh, ambassador program, which is um, uh, about a year long program. They've only done one so far there's going to be more probably each year, they'll have one um, where I it's very hard to describe it because it basically just brings you very, very deep into your own uh, purpose and if your purpose is very much aligned with the uh, purpose of helping people with the gene keys, if there's an alignment there, then basically having done this um, preparation it's kind of like the only thing i can describe it is somewhat like uh you know the bodhisattva vows that are taken by buddhists mm-hmm. or whatever in traditional Eastern practices
0: yeah, stick around to help every it's last soul. similar
1: to that type of so, yeah. thing where you're kind of taking these. in a way it's a certain commitment a certain vows that you take at the end um to be dedicating your yeah. your life to the betterment of yeah. others and and, and using the gene keys to do that right I but found it doesn't really teach much about gene keys. it's more about the individual and their own readiness for taking on such vows yeah
0: i got it yeah richard richard rudd seems like a really uh really sincere sweet guy uh, so when i went through the gene keys uh the golden path it it was a uh, it was really uh it seemed like it 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 brought forth all my uh all my shadows or my bad habits or my my bad (laughs) my bad times in my life and it kind of kind of put some labels on it for me like oh okay that makes sense why i was doing that all that time or why i'm still doing it which gene cheese calls the shadows and it also brought forth all the all the gifting that comes from those shadows and and then especially the lines right so i have a, a bunch of line twos and a bunch of line sixes and i'm always i'm always ex- uh, finding a lot of purpose and meaning in expression which is the line that that second line and and uh and and just flowing and being and kind of uh putting out there whatever uh is coming to me like i like to put it out there but then uh, but then, in line, my line six is, which is seeing the next evolution of, of life, so to speak. Uh, I, I find myself being at that line six all the time, and, and looking and seeing this world that is coming. It's not here yet, and I I live in those places, and and thus that's one of the. This podcast is is one of the uh, creations of of that that made. I'm like, oh, well, let's do the podcast, and it. So it got really clear for me uh, in, in going through the golden path in a really, really strong way uh, that doing things like this podcast uh, makes a lot of sense. And, and if it makes sense, especially through, through the, the process of the golden path, with, uh, which you're an ambassador of the Gene Keys, which that is, uh, it gives a lot of confidence to keep going, I guess. Uh, that, that was my- That was beautiful. My my takeaway from my one of the many takeaways that I got from the Golden Path.
1: Beautiful. That's nice to hear. Yeah, it can be very confirming to people that are uh, on track anyway, and it can kind of be refining too to kind of fine tune, fine tune certain things that maybe are not quite, quite as clear and, and uh, certain as as could be. So it can be confirming oh, yeah. to those that are already on a on their path, and um, enlightening to those that are not
0: oh yeah especially people that are hurting now do you work with a lot of people that are that are just like hurting like in the shadow uh is it hard for or do you find people that are, are more kind of feel like they've they learned their lessons and now they're they're ready to engage in their gifting and service uh because see it's, it's i asked that just because it seems like i don't know if people that are too deep in the shadow are even going to even want to hear about the golden path, and uh, you're learning about themselves, and or what have you found in, in the people that you work with.
1: Well, most of the people that come to me asking questions or getting seeking some special guidance are pretty seasoned veterans, including people that are, you know, authors, and you know what I mean. I'm kind of yeah. like the um, the the guy the go-to guy for like workshop leaders and people that are very experienced and okay well, or anyone that's just you know been around uh, spiritual circles for some time but even if people are not uh there doesn't need to be the uh, depth of conversation is the simple thing of just listening and having an open heart and listening with my heart to whatever that someone's having trouble with let's say it's a relative or a friend of a relative or just a friend that I've known for a long time, and they're not really into spiritual stuff too much, although most of my friends are. Uh, but, you know, just being a kind heart ear to someone does wonders, you know, without yeah. any judgment going on. Because people can feel the judgment, even if you don't speak it. Yeah. Someone's judging another person in their head while they're listening to them. The person that's talking can can pick it up psychically. I mean, we're all connected. and all those things come through so anyway having that is is something that any of us can do just listening uh and caring about another person's well-being and
0: what do you think is happening spiritually what do you think is happening when when you do that when you're you're just open you're not judging someone feels completely accepted and they're able to just to keep sharing why is that so healing you think
1: Well, for one thing, people like to be heard. They like to be seen and gotten because they've been not seen and not gotten so much in their upbringing, in their society, in uh, Maya, the conditioning, all the projection onto people, all this stuff. And so when someone really takes the time out, which is relatively rare, to just sit there and listen to another person and really get them and understand and care about them, as opposed to thinking about what you're gonna say and wanting yourself to be heard because you haven't been heard enough and yada yada. It's like everyone's like these little dogs vying for attention, (laughs) as opposed to someone's just sitting there, you know, with their eyes, uh, you know, like holding the person's head and going, I see you Mm. and you're beautiful, you know? Mm. And I understand that you're hurting or whatever the thing is, you know, whatever it might be that's particulars. Yeah. And it's kind of um it doesn't necessarily solve all their problems but it can be soothing and comforting and um helpful in a way because they've given given a little increment of getting over needing to be heard because mm. the more they're heard and seen you know for who they really are um the more they get over the need to be heard.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, and all that energy, right? That's a, thats another Jinkies thing. Of there's an immense amount of energy that it takes to keep the shadow going. And yeah. if you if you let a little bit of that down, where does it all go? It bursts into our gifting, and man, yeah. what a different experience of life being in yeah. our shadow versus our gifting. I mean, it's it almost feels like heaven if it if it's uh, like an immediate relief.
1: Yeah, and being that what you might think of was just an ambassador for for spirit, if you will, for the heart, you know, separate from Gene Keys or human design, but just being an ambassador of the heart as a person's mode to be in or role to play at whenever it's needed. Yeah. That in itself, and you know, anyone can really do that. It, it, it's, it's a, I think it's a matter of getting ripe and ready to get over that neediness to be seen and heard you know Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and then that 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 is what i think a lot of people are are uh you know it's just a matter of timing a lot of people are ripe for the pickings now yeah but that's something that is it it acts as a role model for them too while one is listening and and being there like as an ambassador for the heart (laughs) it gives them, uh, it gives the person a taste of like, they're not, and they may not even be aware of it because it's an experiential thing. It's yeah. kind of going on below the surface level of, of being role model, which, you know, the six, if you have a lot of six, you're, you're, you're familiar with the role model. That's the kind of the key word for the six line, mm-hmm. which those are new to human design. That's a different aspect of, of one's uh, design, one's makeup just like in their astrology natal chart, describes, you know, their makeup. Uh, this describes even more specifically. And um, the lines are a kind, of, a kind of like, it's a similar but not the same as the house system, where it further defines that particular, um, you know, what sign a person's planet is in. It gives it a little bit more specific nuance to it. Of where it shows up and how it shows up in a person's life.
0: Hmm. Wow. So tell me, uh, because your your website, I read a little bit about you, and it and it said that you have you had a profound spiritual awakening and experience of the nature of pure consciousness when you were young, and from which that that consciousness that created the world. Can you tell me about that experience you had?
1: Yeah, when I was a junior in high school. This is 1969, I think it was, 68 to 69. Um, and that we had a really great English teacher, and she gave us, as one of the things that we were doing, there was going to be a term paper. We were to read three books of similar topic and write a, write a term paper at the end of the semester that tied them all together. So I read Hermann Hesse Siddhartha, Kahil Gibran's The Prophet, and The Book on the Taboo Against Knowing Who You Are by Alan Watts, oh
0: my which goodness. Was, a
1: clincher, really. that was the clincher, really. That was the most revealing and enlightening type of a book, that one. And I was reading a bunch of Alan Watts, but I read those and I wrote a term paper called Man's Role in the Universe. And when it came back, she passed them all, I teach person's desk. And she came to my desk and put it down with an A plus and then two exclamation points. And she looked at me like, wow, you know? Yeah. And then I went home that night and my whole family was away. I was the only one home for the whole weekend. My dad used to travel and anyway, not important. But I was home alone and I took some LSD. With all this fresh in my mind of what I'd just written and what I mean, what I just read really, Mm-hmm. And I, when, I, when I came onto the LSD, I had this, um, it was, it's hard to describe because it was like an experience of what I had just mentalized. It was, I was just having these ideas in my mind, reading the books. And then I experienced the oneness. I experienced the illusion of this world and it was just a taste it wasn't like i was enlightened or anything like that i wouldn't describe it in like that it was just a ta- a glimpse of what uh, what they had been describing in these books and i was laughing and i was remember i was laughing and i was going how oh i get it now i see what they're trying to talk about and i went around for months after that trying to tell everyone <laughs> how we're this separate body and this everything is just an illusion like it's i mean it seems real But we're real part of that. We're really part of this greater being, if you will, this greater oneness that is fragmented into all these many different forms, experiencing itself through the illusion of separation. (laughs) And some people kind of thought it was cool and some people just didn't, went right over their heads and they didn't like it. But anyway, that's what started (laughs) me off in the course of being like a, a truth seeker on my life. But again, I can, I can see in my genes, in my DNA, which is what the Gene Keys is all about in the human design, all these qualities are encoded in the DNA. That's the theory of it. Just like any, anything, uh, you know, scientific thing is based on certain theories. So it's, it's written in my DNA to be um, not just a seeker, but a finder <laughs> and a finder of a, uh, you know understanding and clarity around consciousness um requires seeking or you don't have to look you got to start looking so that started me looking it kind of activated that that dna in me that that dna encoded it's a code to give instructions just like with the body it's encoded in our dna that around age 12 or 13 we have this puberty thing that happens at that time and there's things that are encoded in us in our spiritual qualities in our personality and our psychology and certain things that activate at certain times with certain triggers and certain environments and things like that as well
0: mm. so that that's a beautiful experience to be able to to experience the oneness um i yeah it is beautiful I want to talk about psychedelics for a little bit uh, because that, that obviously was a good tool for you there. And there's, I've read different, uh, different spiritual works Uh, in particular, I was just reading the law of one. I don't know if you've ever heard of that one, but uh, it, it's a, it's a channeled work and it was talking about how psychedelics in particular, they, they open up uh, your experience and, and integration of light. And, and when your vessel, can't handle or integrate the light, the amount of light. It can cause problems. It can cause physical problems and also mental body problems that uh, that people suffer from when they when they take uh, basically these chemicals that open up the the different means that we have to to experience that. And so they were they were basically saying uh, it's best to I don't remember I don't remember what their their uh, Advice was from that, but from your experience, uh, is psychedelics a good tool for anybody? Uh, You know, because there's combo and bufo, there's ayahuasca, there's you know DMT or whatever the active ingredient in LSD that they that these are often used in ceremonial sacred uh, practices and rituals to to find that oneness again, right? Uh, Have what? What's your view of people using that? To,
1: well, I have, a, I have a quite an experienced view because I've, I've also facilitated a lot of different people doing journeys of different types over the years. Um, I really don't think that psychedelics should be illegal, but they should be regulated um, in a way similar to how you know cigarettes and alcohol and things like that are. Um, where people need to get trained, educated on the different drugs when they're in like high school and what they do and what the, the pros and the cons and just an honest look uh, at that stuff so they're educated. And then I think there should be a type of for those who seek it, meaning for those who are really drawn to it and not just try after their education, they learn about how drugs can be used to escape reality, to get away from their emotions to avoid all that sort of stuff. If they, after that education, then they're being honest, maybe they're having a consultation with someone and they're um, truly wanting to expand their experience into the unknown, into expanded states and have whatever that may bring them because there's no guarantees that one will experience unity consciousness on psychedelics. It does happen frequently, but there's no guarantees. But anyway, if that's what they're see, that that's what they're wanting, then they would be initiated with a guide, their first time, and brought into it that way. Whether it's ayahuasca or LSD or mushrooms is a common one, things like that. Uh, I don't think it should be until after they're 21 years old. They're still incarnating. Richard Rudd is very clear about this in the book, and there's other people. Um, Rudolf Steiner I think is where Richard got a lot of his material for the uh, timing that 1 through 7, 7 through 14, 14 through 21, in the stages of development for a human being, the physical, emotional, and mental bodies are being still worked on, still built and fine-tuned in the body, so I don't think it should be until after the age of 21 that that is even a possibility, but People are, teenagers are curious and there's no avoidance. So I think there ought to be systems in place for them to go to, to get responsible, um, experienced guidance on that stuff. Not just on their own doing ketamine or something and falling over and getting hurt or doing too much of some mushrooms or something and having a freak out experience because their kids are being playing pranks on them or whatever the thing is with teenagers in their, of newly found freedoms that they're exploring it's just not a good environment to be exploring psychedelics
0: what is it that happens What, what what are we experiencing when psychedelics open our mind what 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 is that
1: well there's different things that are going on a lot of it is just on a biochemical type level where certain things are chemicals that normally regulate our perceptions it's all about perceptions that in the brain or wherever that they, they exude more stuff from the pineal, pineal gland or this or that or, or less of another thing or whatever. So it's a chemical thing that, that changes our perception. When that perception changes, our trance is broken because we're all in a trance
0: of right this now. reality,
1: if you want to call it that.
0: So We're in a trance it's right st- now.
1: So we're in, in, a, in a place to go into like a lot of different possibilities. We can go tumbling down into the shadow and that's what happens a lot on psychedelics for unexperienced people when they don't know much about it, and they take a lot of, say, LSD or something like that and they've been avoiding certain things in their shadow. Well, it's, it's sitting there trying to see the light. It's in us. It's a part of us, a seeking light. Mm-hmm. As you know from reading Richard's, Jinky's book, the shadow is always seeking the light mm-hmm. to become the gift that it's ultimately destined to be. Mm-hmm. And so that stuff that one has been pushing down and suppressing comes to the forefront. And they're getting this, what they call a bad acid trip or a bad psychedelic trip. Well, It's not bad that the psychedelics didn't cause that. They open the doors that this person has been hiding or pushing and avoiding their shadow. That's mm-hmm. all that is. There can also be th- other circumstances, actually, where their environment is so unconducive to a loving, light-oriented experience that the external stimulus prompts them into a negative experience. Some, maybe some really horrible, horrible music, or uh, you know, flashing lights that are crazy and just a, a kind of a bad, a dis- disharmonious unharmonious negative environment can bring about that mm-hmm. you know, that sort of a thing tumbling down into shadow. But a lot of people may have that during an experience and then come through that and get beyond and things then come to a more light based experience. And that's why a lot of people share, you know, a real positive view of psychedelics because they had some really beautiful light experience, mm-hmm. <coughs> at least somewhere during the during their Trip.
0: They were able to break through the shadow that they had maybe even been living in, not just the trip.
1: A lot of the reason why psychedelics are not legal and stuff, and, and like they are in some countries, like I think it's uh, um, Netherlands, you know, and uh, Portugal, and it's no longer a crime to have drugs at all um not to say that they're legal but there's just no punishment and they have programs for people to get in trouble with them because drugs you can get in trouble with you can get addicted to certain drugs and psychedelics are a, a category of drugs that are not addictive type drugs you know at least mm-hmm. most of them are
0: mm.
1: wow but anyway that's um yeah i think that people should should get guidance uh on this stuff rather than uh, they're off on their own i was trying to say a lot of reasons why it's illegal is because uh the people that are making this legislation are listening to people in big pharma you know big pharmaceutical industries or uh, psychology psychological industries where they don't have wisdom you know these people don't know what they're doing really
0: mm-hmm.
1: they're misguided they yeah. may have little bits of answers but mostly misguided and they, they're, they're freaked out by it because they're the ones that are avoiding stuff themselves, all these politicians stuff. And they're told, <laughs> oh, this is going to open up these doors. And they go, oh, we don't want that, you
0: know. I <laughs> got those closed for a reason. Uh, yeah. Well so that-
1: anyway, this, it's a complicated topic, which needs a lot of open discussion by people that are honest right. and don't have their own agendas going on. Mm-hmm. And so I don't advocate them just being legal and people having a free-for-all. I advocate them not being illegal, but being uh, regulated and managed responsibly by the elders in our society, Mm -hmm. by the experienced ones They can take people that are curious into a a very beautiful, beautiful experience of the unity of all things.
0: Mm -hmm. So the the unity of all things, that that seems kind of like the... The oneness, or the the end, the the end of our journey that that never really started, right? Because we, if that's the case, we never really went anywhere. <laughs> we've always, we've always been that one. But what what do you think the experience of a human is? Because we're in the middle of whatever that thing is that that the one started and started, uh, started experiencing itself, and here we are as a human, with with our soul, which seems intricately tied to that to the one, uh, what do you think we're we're doing as humans?
1: Why are we here? Well, that gets kind of a, a, a profound, very basic, foundational question. <clears throat> There's this idea of humans and and life evolving, right? Uh, a lot of people have a misconception around that. The way I see it and the way a lot of spiritual um, aspirants see it as consciousness, which is creating all of this life, both the matter and energy and everything that it then experiences and kind of endows itself into through life. Does not evolve, it was never born, it was never, it will never die. It does not evolve. Consciousness is just there creating all this stuff. The program of life, which is what you think of as the evolution of life you know, when you think of the stars and the planets and life and the evolution of beings and all this stuff that's evolving. The program is evolving and it's heading towards and kind of an unknown, exalted um, journey through different ages and eras that have different natures and qualities to them, all right? So humans are a part of that program and consciousness is witnessing and experiencing that uh, fragment or that niche of this bigger program that is going on, the program of evolution.
0: Mm.
1: And so, so all the transits that happen, you know, and Pluto squaring Mars and, and the Saturn returns and all these different things, those are just repeating kind of cycles that are going on and each one kind of adds another nuance. And right now we're in this Kali Yuga type thing where there's this destruction of a lot that's been Mm. brought about into fruition. And you might think there's a lot of evil, there's a lot of destruction, there's a lot of people lost in separation, a lot of all that stuff going on. And that's something for consciousness to witness and experience. And then it sort of burns itself out while this phoenix is rising with new qualities and new aspects that weren't really there before after that is coming about so you're asking a pretty profound question there i just have some different ideas of how i see it based upon things that i've experienced looking behind the veil and things that i've read and heard from other people it's just sort of what makes sense to me i don't claim to have all the answers but i do claim to have um, more clarity on on things than, you know, the average human being. That seems, it's like what it seems to be so for me, would make sense to me at any given time. Mm. So I don't say this is what's so, I say this is what seems to be. Yeah. I don't really think we can declare what's so within Maya, because it's all illusion. Right. It's a matter of like, how, how we get clarity and what seems to be, to, to make sense of what's so in our interfacing with the program Mm-hmm.
0: so you, you speak and, and your answer was that of consciousness that doesn't evolve but it's the program that are that evolves and humans us we're a part of that program and so we each have one consciousness then is that right we don't have individual consciousnesses we well, have we
1: don't have it's not something we have i wouldn't word it that way as all well.
0: okay how would you word that we share that
1: consciousness embodies it's incarnated into the form that's forms with life and so and these bodies that we have we think of as just ourself but we're an ecosystem mm-hmm. and there's all kinds of forms of consciousness that make up who we think of as we are hmm it gets to be kind of a rabbit hole of uh, it does stop here we think of ourselves but like there's all sorts of fungus fungi and viruses and bacteria Mm -hmm. and parasites and lots of other types of organisms that are not a part of this actual body that are that are participating in who we are they're in our body
0: Mm -hmm. lots of it like
1: trillions of cells type of a thing (laughs)
0: Yeah, like more of those than the human. And those cells.
1: things affect yeah. who we are and how we aspect and how our mood and our frequency level and all kinds of things.
0: Right. Yeah. So you say so. Consciousness embodies. Now I've heard I've heard that term embodiment quite a bit, and it's it seems like there was a the New Age kind of movement pushed people towards this thing that maybe people called enlightenment at the time, where we're going to free ourselves from. Uh, from this form we're going to be free of form and we're going to be liberated and it's going to be light and love and everything and then and then embodiment is the term that i've been hearing more recently that it's not about being freed of form it's about taking all of those divine qualities like acceptance and love and and being that in the human body uh is that what you would term embodiment because you were just using it more like uh embodiment is it's every unique expression
1: i was using that yeah in a certain context more like in in incarnating into uh so that i it it is it is kind of has life it's what life is
0: so embodiment is just everybody everybody's embodying
1: but embodiment in in another context is the actual living and breathing of some truth or whatever you know that the actual you know holistically being something but what you're mentioning uh, there is a lot of spirit polarizing or spirit uh bypassing kind of spiritual bypassing type thing that people that are into the ascension movement and stuff like you're talking about yeah we're out of here finally yeah. and their body goes with them yeah well they're looking at something that is an actual potentiality at some point in time Mm -hmm. you know maybe in a few hundred years or whatever i don't know Mm -hmm. and it is conceivably even possible now but it's not likely at all because we're in a certain place in the program right you know and it's no that's not what the program is at now maybe in in another age hundreds of years from now in the age of aquarius or whatever which is coming up maybe at some point during that age You'll have that, what they're talking about. So you have these spiritual um, bypass, I think, where they're, they're not wanting to face their shadows, which is what they came in here to do. That's one of the things that we're here for as humans, to kind of go back to your other questions, what are we doing here as humans? Mm-hmm. We're here to evolve a certain little, our little chunk of the bigger program. That's our duty in a way, or our our yeah. possibility to do and to be and and to our our role to play and that means that our consciousness is witnessing all the losses and all the divorces and all the uh, illnesses and all the hardships and all the breakthroughs and all the triumphs and all these different things that go on during our life and is witnessing it just kind of passively in a way you know just witnessing all of it
0: so is that one of the ways that we can actually help our little part evolve is to not be tied in and attached to the ups and downs and what we want but to be to Well, we can't
1: do that with our minds though that's the trouble that's what we're just talking about is these people that try to achieve ascension which is what we're talking about ascension Uh which is bringing our body into a light body and not no longer be tied to the shadow and all these other things that are Resident in this dualistic dimension, mm-hmm. but to uh, they're, they're trying to be there. It's like a person who's six years old trying to be a 21-year-old. Mm-hmm. They'd want to be married and they want to be, you know, have all these fancy cars yeah. and all this stuff. And it's like, no, yeah. you grow up, you do what your, your particular timing is and go through a puberty and go through the different stages of evolving yourself or, or going through the evolution of your being. And then you'll have that place where you can have sex and you can have a wife and you can have children and all these things. You don't do that when you're six. But that's what a lot of these ascension people are doing. now, not to discredit everything that they're doing because no doubt a lot of it is positive, maybe even beneficial things. but if they're doing it to avoid their shadow, which we were talking you were mentioning before, then it's that's when it becomes a mistake. And even that is a learning experience for them yeah. because a lot of them after years of this la, la, love and light and everything is love and light, and they start having losses and different experiences. After a while, they get kind of a slap in the face by life They wake the (laughs) fuck up, you know? (laughs) Yeah. It's not all love and light. There's these other things here that you're ignoring.
0: Right. Which is part of the program,
1: right? We're going to show them to you whether you want to see them or not.
0: Yeah. Now, would you say that all the, all the, uh, all the shadow, we can know what's a shadow if we're resisting it? Is that a good clue, that it's a shadow? If I'm actively, in some way, resisting?
1: It could be. Probable. It's probable. Probable. I'll yeah. take it. It's, well, probably <laughs> there's some shadow involved right? in some way. Uh you know, because it can get, it can get very kind of complex and sophisticated in how that all operates.
0: For sure. Not a blanket statement.
1: Yeah. So what you're avoiding, uh, could be, it could be so many different things. Mm Is causing a person to avoid, say, a certain shadow quality, you know, it it does get complicated.
0: It is. So tell me if you would, as, as we're winding down here what what would you uh what would you what advice would you give people because we're all we're all in we're whatever we're in we're in this life and we think it's all we think it all it's all that it is we think our we're our body we think we need our jobs we think we need to buy and accomplish these things and you know we get we get wrapped up in it And maybe we think we need to ascend right we we ex- exchange these superficial goals for for more ascended goals but it's it's still not here, right? I still stress out about not being ascended or whatever the thing that we got going. What would be your advice to just someone watching the show about uh, about how to uh, have have the best life I guess how to
1: engage the best well it's really I think it's a, it breaks down to a matter of a person um doing the inner work that they need to do to be who they truly are in this life based on their DNA who they're designed to be which can be discovered through human design and gene keys other ways as well but those I found to be the most potent they're the most effective that I've found there's other things like the Enneagram and other things that can add clarity but these are like you know high high uh power highly powerful mm. so doing the golden path is, is, is the highest recommendation I can give a person. Sure. I did want to say something about awake, the term awake though, because that's what this program was about. Yeah. And I think that's important that people see that that is a term that is kind of um, almost cliche, has become cliche-ish and overused and used in a lot of different ways. It's a term that is really defined in the context of its polarity, right? Because you're not awake unless you've been asleep. What are you waking up from? Unless you were asleep to something, unaware of it. So it's, and a lot of people can use it about awake about, you know, first they were vaccinating all their kids and then the kids started getting sick. So then they started doing research and found out this whole rabbit hole of information about big pharma and pharmaceutical and, and, and both pharmaceutical drugs and, and, and uh, vaccines. And then they say, oh yeah, I woke up from where I was before. Or it could be in a spiritual context where they were thinking that they were separate and they had a unity conscious experience and they go, oh fuck, I'm just part of this greater big hole that it's all connected of life, you know, and they have an awakening there. So it kind of depends on the context it's using, but it is overused, and a lot of people that are not what I don't think of as really spiritually awakened, truly, are saying that they are, you know, making claims and stuff. And so it's it's kind of one of those terms that's gotten uh, battered around and kind misused, and it's losing a lot of its uh, true meaning.
0: Mm. You know. Wow, absolutely. Well. Do you have any anything that you'd like to leave us with as we're we're all knowingly or unknowingly uh, together in whatever this is that we're doing? Some parting shots for us.
1: Well, you know, there's the thing of just do your best until you're until you are your best. You know, just uh, be be as much kind and non-judgmental in these times that we're in. There's a transit's going on right now that are like serious you know confrontational conflict, fighting, uh, all these types of things going on right now with Pluto and uh, Saturn and Mars and Jupiter and all these things happening. So just be as as mindful as you can and try to be as uh, kind and, and uh, as not and non-judgmental to others because they're they' even these people that are you know Trump, fanatics or people that are militaristic or uh uh, white supremacist stuff they're just doing they're just lost and they're basing their stuff on the on the information that their environment is providing them you know and over time that will all change and it's not going to help to fight them it only Mm. helps to bring uh, that role modeling which we mentioned earlier which i'm sure you're pretty good at of being those things and letting other people see, oh, that's a that's that's a cool. We could do that. Yeah. I remember giving a talk to about 350 people in a big convention one time about this, you know, general topic, gene keys and other things, and also my artwork. And afterwards, a, a guy came up to me and said, "Wow, that was so good. You showed me that it's okay to be very authentic. You don't have to be a polished speaker." Mm-hmm. You just be who you are up there in front of people and share your story and stuff with people. And it's okay. You know, just be real. Just be who you are. What you see on the outside is the same as on the inside mm-hmm. No more facades and fronts and trying to impress people, trying to, I mean, it's one thing trying to put your best foot forward, but you got to be authentic about it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So let's say be a, be a I'm, a, I'm an authenticity ambassador.
0: That's right. Well that's a good ambassador to have.
1: Yeah.
0: Good Daniel. Well, I really appreciate you and being with us today. Um, if any of you want to connect with, with Daniel, awakenvisions.com is his website. It's the best way to get him, see his beautiful artwork that you know you can use for just about anything. And um, and also connect with him about uh, some resources to figure out uh, who you are and how to engage as as the uh as a more authentic integris you working with the programming that you have. Um, now if someone wants to do that, Daniel, would you advise them to to start Gene Keys before they see you or should they see you and you can guide them or what's Doesn't the best matter. way? Either Doesn't way.
1: Matter. Yeah, and, and, you know I also do kind of an initial consultation just to see some and that's free, you know. Uh just to see. Usually that's that may be all it takes for someone. You know, and I do that, I I make my money at the artwork and I do that as more of my gift work. Now it can develop into like a paid thing if a person really wants to give back, maybe they have a lot of money and they wanna give something in return or they wanna have an ongoing type of a consultation or something that could be paid. But a lot of times just the initial talk is enough to get a person steered in the right direction. That's all people need a lot of times they don't need to be fixed, right. they need to be seen, and then just kind of point, point in the direction. Yes, uh, yeah. That's your direction there. Yeah. And it's usually within themselves. Uh huh. Yeah, you they know, they, they, they know they, it they when they ready. hear it,
0: yeah. Uh, now, what do, what do most people use your, your artwork for? I'm using it for the intro of this program. Uh, what do other people use it for?
1: Well, it's, I do a lot of book covers. Uh-huh. I used to do CD covers, but no one's making CDs anymore. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, it could be web art, you know, or things for things for their presentations as well, because a lot of people are going uh, where they're doing presentations now, but this COVID thing, so they're doing Zoom things or whatever types of presentations on YouTube and stuff, and so there's sometimes artwork is nice to have in the background. Got it. Or as illustrations for something or other.
0: Got it. Got it. All right. Well, sir, thanks for your time. Uh, let's do. Please keep in touch. And uh, again, you can get a hold of Daniel Holman here at AwakenVisions.com.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. All right, Daniel. Thanks so much. Thank
1: you very much. Uh, Javon. Javon is it? Javon or Javon?
0: It's Javon. I'll answer by oh. either.
1: <laughs> Thank you very much. But.